The following podcast contains naughty language, things you wouldn't want your parents or your children to hear. But frankly, we don't give a Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. You know, Danny, we're back at it in a big way after being gone for a week, huh? Back at it, brother. Absolutely. Uh, we've been getting a ton of questions lately about lifted trucks. How, what should I do to lift my Duramax? Yeah. How high should I lift it? All sorts of other stuff that, just to be honest with you, I am not an expert on. Yeah. We could talk performance, turbos, injectors, tuning on Duramaxes, but uh, when it comes to lift kits, I've only done it the wrong way. <laughs> Let's get an expert on the phone. Absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you what, this is why we're bringing on Nick Vasquez of Cognito Motorsports. Nick, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role in the diesel industry. My background goes pretty far. Um, I'd say probably in the late 90s, I started getting involved with uh, trucks heavily with suspension, building you know, uh, trucks with uh, lifted applications. Um, back in the days of like uh, when the Fords were hot, uh, and then back in 2001, when the Duramax came out, um, things started evolving in that direction. And, and I've just been kind of involved in it, uh, the evolution of IFS suspension with those HDs. Um, and I just have a lot of hands-on experience over the years. Awesome. Okay. So you're around a lot of lift kits and a lot of front-end bracing and a lot of IFS improvements. And that's really what we wanted to focus today's episode around is talking about lifting our Duramaxes. And how we can make it the best ride possible. Absolutely. Because I've been in a lot of customer trucks and a lot of other uh, friends' trucks. And I got to be honest, man, they lift them and they ride like shit. Or they lift them and and they don't turn as well anymore. They're, They're rubbing fenders or they run into all sorts of problems. And I just... I thought you would be a great expert to have on to maybe help prevent some of those problems for guys in the future. So the first question I always have, uh, can you explain us a little bit more about the IFS system and how that's different with the Duramaxes than any other uh, heavy-duty truck? So you're right. You, you definitely get across-the-board um, you know, results on you know, truck-for-truck, truck, how it's built. Um, and the main reason why you have such a scattered um, – you know, in result is because the IFS suspension is built off of torsion bar IFS, um, and the torsion bars are adjustable. So basically, when you lift up the vehicle, you have to, you know, deload the torsion bar tension, and then you reload it and adjust it to according, you know, right height. Problem is, is these lift kits or any other suspension enhancements don't really give you um, a direct, uh, you know, instruction on how to set up the the right height so that's just kind of taken um or not even if they do have some type of criteria the truck owners or installers will you know change that variance and then the outcome is really uh, hit or miss um you know you can have some trucks that are just spot on and they work really well they ride real nice and then you have others that are just uh, you know problem child and um you're just fighting you know harsh ride Hi, this is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. We're breaking new ground in the turbocharger market with our Stealth Series. The Stealth 64 is a perfect replacement for any stock turbocharger on any year Duramax. The 64mm compressor wheel adds at least 80 rear wheel horsepower on a stock fuel system while maintaining stock drivability and excellent spool up. The Stealth 64 also helps maintain lower EGTs under heavy loads, especially useful for you guys pulling. If you're looking to upgrade or replace your stock turbocharger, Check out the Stealth 64, the perfect balance between power and drivability in a drop-in stock-appearing turbocharger. 
For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com or give us a call at the office at 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. Back to the podcast. So why is it when we add lift kits to a Duramax, do we start to lose some of that rod quality? Um, is it so, so guys talk to me a lot about the geometry, like all oh, your geometry's off. I failed math class, bro. I never got to geometry. <laughs> what, what, what the hell does that mean? What, what, how could the geometry be off? All I did was lift it. <laughs> right. I think geometry is usually um, a relation to your angles. Um, and a lot of people will use geometry as a word to describe it, but um, in reality, what it's coming down to is that their adjustment um, of how much preload is set up on the front end um, is the result of uh, you know the ride quality. If you have a truck that is, again, uh, a term that people use is overcranked um, or they've added too much preload, the ride height is going to be substantially higher within the acceptable uh, stroke of the suspension. So basically it's going to overextend real fast. And that's where the ride starts to go, um, just starts to turn to crap because obviously if there's no movement available through the suspension, you're just riding at lockout. Um, kind of like the old school hydraulic vehicles where they just you know be up in the air and they just look like they're just bouncing around. Your truck will end up doing the same thing. So how do you find that happy medium? So geometry geometry yeah. coming down to their angles of the suspension. It's kind of the relation of how high the truck's sitting within the, the stroke of the suspension. So how do you find that perfect happy medium in between the two? That's very difficult. And <laughs> I will tell you that the difficulty comes because every time that you, let's just say we're talking about a stock truck, that's not as difficult. That is a um, set uh, figure that you can play with, and a lot of people uh, will will have you know will be able to clean that up really easily um, with a little bit of help, and just kind of you know understanding what they're up against. Um, that is easy, but when you come into a lift kit, the problem with the lift kit is that the bracketry that's included in the lift kit will sometimes alter those fixed bottom out points and over extended points where the suspension stops. So then throws a whole nother curveball at what the standard is across the board. There is no standard once um, a lift kit is installed because it changes from lift kit design to lift kit design. Really? Okay. That's pretty interesting. I guess I never thought of it. Like when I thought about a three inch lift, I thought about they were all the same, right? Like if I buy a three inch downpipe, it's a three inch down. It doesn't really matter who manufactures. There's some subtle differences, but I never really thought of it making a, a big impact on the overall like end result of how the truck feels. And I think that is important to talk a little bit about here. When we're talking about losing ride quality, usually in my head, I think about stiffness. I think about all of a sudden the truck, like like you had described, Nick, it feels like I'm riding on a brick. You know, just every bounce, I can feel it shake through my spine. Uh, the other thing I've run into right. is is losing turning radius. To where now we're starting to get into where the angles look or the the angles on the tire instead of being straight up and down looks like they're pitched in or pitched out. Um, can you right. explain a little bit about how that happens or what goes wrong to maybe cause some of those problems? Is that the same thing? Is that just over cranking the torsion bars or is that something else going on? And that's exactly right. Um, so basically, you know, as you go higher. Um, your suspension is going to droop out further, and when it droops out further, you're going to start to change uh, the camber 
because your your upper control arms versus your lower control arms are going to start to to run out of adjustment. Um, so basically, a lot of guys will have their front ends cranked up to the taller stance of what the uh, the truck can allow, and their upper control arm runs out of um, you know positive camber adjustment. So basically, they're negative at that point where the tire the tops of the tires are leaning in. Um, that becomes obviously apparent. Uh, when a truck is overcranked, those are kind of the geometry terms when people just say loosely the geometry's off on the truck. Gotcha. So uh, you, you're in Bakersfield, California. Everybody in California, I feel, we're in the Midwest, has a lifted truck and they never even take it off road. Why would you want to lift a truck? What is the appeal to it? It just depends on what you're doing with the vehicle. And I will say, over the years, um, it got drastically crazy, um, you know, back in the early, you know, 2000, mid-2000. Um, you know, you had guys just lifting the trucks just because. Um, I think closer to current days, I think guys are being a little bit more wise um, on how they're building their trucks, and they're not going so so wild in stance. They're looking for a nice, clean-looking truck. So the first thing why you would lift your truck is to get, like, a, a larger size tire underneath it or a wheel combination. That would help out the enhancement of how the truck looks. Um, and then you obviously have the other perspective of, you know, guys that just want a big, tall truck because that's just what they've wanted over the years. Um, you know, again, it's just, you know, personal reasons why they want to lift the truck. So when you have a, a lift kit on your truck and everything is going great, everything seems to be normal, what are some normal wear items that you see um, that wear out faster with having a lift kit versus having an unmodified suspension? A common, something that, that is probably the, the most common scenario is going to be your idler and pivot arm. Mm-hmm. That is going to take the most abuse um, across the board. Is that because of the um, big wheels the or is that because of the lift kit? It's a combination of both. Um, let's talk on the tire size width. Um, you just have more contact patch to the ground, so you're going to get more feedback through the tie rod into the idler and pitman arm. So more chatter, um, just more abuse while you're going down the road, let alone you have a wider uh, width of the tire contacting the ground. Every time you go to turn, that's just more uh, resistance that you have in your steering components, so it's putting more stress on it. So that's like the, the first reason. Um, secondly, um, you would be starting to get into your wheel dimensions, and if the wheel sticks out real far uh, versus you know how wide it is, again, you're increasing the load on those steering components, um, which increases the wear pattern. Well, you know, that's something that, that I think plays into one of the questions that I've, I've had about lift kits as I look at them. I personally am not real big into, like, the super lifted trucks. I do like a nice leveled uh, Duramax. I always think that looks really good where they get the front end just up a little bit. looks nice and flat. Um, I understand the benefits of leaving it stock, but I do like that look. I'm also a big fan of 35s. I think there's a lot of really nice-looking 35s out there, and I know – there's a lot of debate depending on how wide of a tire you get, depending on whether or not your 35 is going to rub the fender um, and things of that nature. Right. But as I start looking at tires, everybody now is talking offsets. Negative 12, negative 14 degree offset. That's crazy. One, again, I know what it looks like, and I understand what that number relates to in a rim in front of me. I don't understand what they're measuring, and I don't understand how that affects my lift kit. Like, Should I be looking at a different lift kit based on different offsets or how does that how does that play into when you're helping a customer set up their truck for what they want well 
again, going back to each individual full suspension kit, you know, like if it's a full like four inch kit um, that has the the drop downs and new um, spindles, or if it has retains the factory spindles, you're going to have restrictions in the design. So the first thing is is making sure that you clear. Um, the inner, uh, you know, like the, the spindle or the upper control arms, that's your first thing that you have to pay attention to uh, when you're looking at uh, certain lift kits and what they specify um, to be for a certain backspace or offset um, for the wheel. Um, that's going to be your first thing. Second is, again, you know, everyone, there is a, you know, a certain genre of people that are looking for that whole wide, you know, um, stance where the tire is sticking out, you know, further, um, that's going to also, um, again, you know, that'll sometimes push the limits of what the, the manufacturer is saying is acceptable for their lift kit. Um, but again, they're looking at the longevity of trying to make the components last the longest. So they're going to be a little bit more tailored to a skinnier pattern compared to a, you know, a wheel that's going to stick out quite far out of the fender. And because that's going to put more leverage on, you know, your steering again, plus your ball joints and wheel, you know, hubs and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. So Good Paul answer. just got a raise, right? <laughs> Let's say uh, he just bought a brand new 2016 LML Denali. Ooh. He uh, got a big raise. He's talking about 35s. He threw a <laughs> set of 35s on it. How is a lift kit going to affect his factory bumper-to-bumper warranty? Oh, it destroys it, doesn't well, it? Don't you just throw the warranty out when you get a when you get a lift kit? I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, yes, right? I Am mean, I right? It's not. I mean, an easy answer is yes if you don't know what you're up against. Um, okay. Meaning, if you're dealing with a dealer that is just anti-suspension modifications, they're going to basically deter you away from even dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Um. If you know what you're up against, I mean, obviously, if you do enhancements to your truck, um, if, let's say, you uh, purchase a, a suspension kit that includes a upper, you know, control arm and, and, you know, other components, if one of those components start to wear or fail, now that's going to be picked up through the manufacturer of the suspension company that you've chose. Um, if you wore out a wheel bearing on the truck, um, that's going to be up for possibility of the dealer shying away from it or backing it up and warranting out the wheels, the wheel hub. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, we deal with this a lot, right? Yeah. We deal with a lot of modified brand new trucks, guys who, who got them and, and had miles them right away, yeah. right? So, so I think that's a great point to bring up. N- know the guys in the shop. Right, mm-hmm. it's not just the salesman at the dealership right. you want to be friends with. He'll help you buy it, but it's really it's it's like you said, Nick. It's finding somebody there who knows the industry, who understands trucks, who understands doing modifications, and they want to work with you. Like you said, if something fails they're and you scared. added it, that's you. They're not scared you. of the of, yeah, of, and not and they're knowledgeable and you know they mm-hmm. understand what you're trying to trying to accommodate uh, for any type of warranties or worn product. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, so let's back up. Let, let's cover some of our entry-level questions here, right? Um, what are some of the common problems I would run into when installing a lift kit? I can answer that for Paul. His toolbox isn't kit. big enough. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what year uh, HD you're working on, um, you're going to run into some uncommon-sized uh, tools that you're going to need. Um you know, depending on which parts you have to uh, uh, work with. But um, majority of the time, tools aren't too big of a deal. Um, 
you know, uh, a, a torsion bar uh, unloading uh, tool that basically holds the key in place and allows you to back tension off, that's going to be something that's uncommon that someone is going to need to either borrow or, or purchase to install a kit. Um, but otherwise, having a good size set of jack stands, if you're going to do it in your driveway, um, you know, you're going to need probably a lending hand with uh, muscling the, the differential out of the truck and, and putting it back in. Um, but, you know, if you've got a, a full hoist of, you know, lifting the truck in the air and working underneath it, um, it makes it a lot easier, obviously. And I'm sure you guys work with a ton of different uh, setups from long travel suspension all the way to, you know, your basic four to six inch lift kit. But what is your most common um, seller? What is your best seller? The com- most common has got to be the leveling packages. Um, I mean, honestly, you just can't get more, uh, I mean, without destroying any type of, uh, you know, abilities of doing something with your truck. I mean, the, you're going to be able to fit a nice size tire and wheel underneath it, and you're going to have full abilities of the truck from what it was factory. So you're not going to hinder anything at all. Obviously, a lifted truck is, is not going to destroy any type of reason why you can't use it. It just sometimes makes it a little bit less likely that, you know, if you got a fifth wheel trailer or gooseneck, um, you know, or if you're, you know, even down to your wife just doesn't like getting in and out of a lifted truck. Um, you know, leveling kit is probably the most common just because it covers everything and doesn't doesn't harm it at all. What comes in a leveling kit? What what are some of the factory problems that a leveling kit helps address? With our packages, you're gonna inc- the foundation is gonna be the upper control arm um, because obviously once you level out the vehicle, um, you're taking the accommodated you know suspension travel that's from factory and you're altering that. So let's say you raise the vehicle up you know two inches on the front end you're going to decrease your downwards droop travel, which then, again, that's where that geometry term comes into effect, where you probably end up hitting the control arm against the frame or locking out the suspension. Our kits come with new upper control arms that uh, add uh, suspension droop travel, which is going to accommodate for that ride quality. It's also going to reposition the ball joint, so then now you're not uh, destroying the ball joint angle uh, while you're going down the road and, and, you know, having issues with the factory, you know, ball joint angle. Um, ours has been, you know, accommodated for that. Um, let alone it's going to help uh, add a little bit more camber to the vehicle. Um, you know, again, it, it, it changes everything that you need to accommodate for those common problems that people face with, you know, uh, the upper control arm area. Uh, after that, it'll include a set of shocks, just better stability, um, control of that, that suspension travel. You know, a good pair of shocks is going to go a long way to, to really make that ride uh, accommodating. Um, you know, and then depending on how far you want to get into it, there's many other options, but uh, probably one of the most commonly um, added on option to our leveling kits is going to be the Eiler Pimmon Arm Steering Braces, uh, which again, you increase that tie rod angle while you're going down the road, you've got a, um, a steeper angle on the tie rod that goes into the idler pivot arm. Those idler and pivot arms are con- constantly getting beat, um, moving back and forth in the joint. Um, the idler pivot arm uh, brace kit will actually grab that shank on the idler pivot arm and keep it from moving around. So it decreases the movement and uh, is going to increase the, the lifespan of the idler pivot arm. It makes the steering feel a whole lot more uh, responsive, not so mushy. Um, it's just not going to allow the center link to move around as much, which is a plus. 
absolutely. You know, I've driven a few trucks that have just that basic leveling kit with the uh, with the add-on on there. And, and it, those Cognitos, look, everybody, you know, they look awesome. They do. They really do. That's one of those visual things that you got to get online and just kind of take a look at some of their pictures and, and what they're into over there so you can get a better idea of it. But, yeah, it is a... Uh, it is a really clean look, but it's a clean feeling ride. And that's what Danny and I are always talking about here on the podcast. You don't want to build your truck to just throw a brand name on it. You don't want to build your truck just to hit a horsepower number. You want to build your truck so that you love the way it feels on the road. And I think a, a leveling kit is one of those basic upgrades that everybody should consider at some point in their build. You're probably going to need it if you don't just want it. And that's another thing. Right. How, how do you guys warranty your parts? I mean, you got guys that are acting a little silly on the weekends, you know, the wife's gone, they got this cool lifted truck, and they're off-road. I mean, where do you draw the line with abuse? You know, it's it's hard to actually just pinpoint it uh, in a simple question. Everything's just got to be checked out and, and uh, see where it's at. I mean, most of the time, you know, clients are, are really acceptable to, I guess, not just saying they broke something, but they're actually wanting to know why because they don't want it to happen again. So what we do is we try to dissect the issue, uh, figure out if there was, you know, anything from, you know, a worn part that uh, ended up, you know, just being a, a casualty altogether, um, like, you know, such as, you know, a tie rod or ball joint or anything, you know, wheel bearing, anything that contributed to the, fa- the overall failure of the truck. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we just try to work with the customer and, you know, there is uh, it's just one of those things. You just have to work with them and see what you can figure out. And at the end of the day, if it's a you know, part that, that we manufacture that just didn't, you know, for whatever reason, live up to the ability that we stated is, uh, we're covering it. You know, we're going to help out the customer and get them, get them taken care of, um, get them a new product and get them, you know, on the road. Um, we don't want to see anyone's vehicle down. That's, that's for sure. That's awesome. That's good to know that there's still companies out there with that policy. Mm-hmm. I think as I think about lifted trucks, I, I do think about getting them stuck in mud. I mean, that like when we were kids, that's what we grew up doing, right? It didn't matter if you had a, a Ford Ranger or, or a brand new Duramax, right? Like it was about throwing a six-inch lift on it, whether that was hockey pucks and all body lift with a hole through them or whether that was an actual lift. I mean, we'd do anything we could to get that, get that ride up high. Um, and it's, it's right. been a real learning experience as, again, as I've, I've gotten to drive so many different trucks now, uh, you can see where they go bad and you, you can see the ones that are done right. Uh, just out of curiosity, what's the biggest lift kit you've ever worked on or ever supplied for a customer? Uh, something that's actually a manufactured kit, I'd say probably a 12 inch kit. Um, you know, there's been some other custom, custom, you know, built stuff that we've worked on, uh, I've worked on in the past, um, but, you know, an actual manufactured uh, part number that you can call up and order, um, you know, from someone, it would probably be a 12-inch kit. Wow. How big of tires are you running with a 12-inch kit? I mean, are you 44s at that point? I mean, I don't even know. Just shy of 44s. You're looking at probably like a 40-inch tall tire, cleanly. I mean, that's still freaking huge. Like, that's bigger than I would... Again, I don't want to have to climb into a truck with 40-inch tires on it, but, you know, teach their own. Right. I mean, they, they look great. I mean, they're, they definitely serve a purpose for the people that, that are okay with that's what they want to use their vehicle for. Um, I mean, I gawk at them all the time. I mean, they're, they're awesome, but um, that's just not in my program. You know, for nowadays, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, a leveling or a four-inch guy. 
um, be able to load the dirt bike in the back and, and, you know, not really have to fuss with, with much, but still have a cool looking truck. Yeah. When I was at SEMA, I will say that it was probably 90% of the trucks there had a ridiculous lift on them. I, I mean, there was one that yeah. my fiance was with me and if she, if she sat, she could sit all the way underneath the truck. Like the truck could drive completely over her. It completely cleared her. There was no question. I don't even know the size of the lift, but, uh, there was quite a few that were just they ridiculously lifted. I wonder if those guys are all show. Cause I see them now at just about every show I go to, whether it's been Rudy's, uh, or even XDP out on the East coast or whether I'm out, you know, doing something on the West coast or Vegas. Um, I feel like there's always just this niche of guys that have these insanely lifted trucks with, with really vibrant colors. That's the new thing I'm seeing. Are you guys seeing that a lot as well, that you're, you're getting more requests for the large lifts with really crazy colors in them and, and really kind of outgoing uh, style? Or are you guys starting to see that it's like, I know you said leveling kits were probably the most popular, but are you starting to see a trend right. go in any other direction? Well, you know, a big lift kit is, is certainly not popular. Um, it, it's, not, it's not that it's not popular is what I meant to say, but it, what it comes down to is that a guy that's going to build a big truck, the point of building a big truck is to have a great-looking truck that, that in, you know, shows off the enhancements. Um, it doesn't just blend in. And with that said, comes along with, you know, those new colors that, that you know, want to stick out compared to the next, um, you know, just different different components, you know, underneath the vehicle. You know, some of these guys are powder coating their, their complete axle housings. Um, I mean, there's, there's stuff that they're doing to stand out. Um, you know, SEMA is one of those, those shows that it's it's there to show off the product, whether it's product underneath the vehicle or inside or wherever it's, it's placed on it. Um, so definitely they have to be able to represent the product and show it off. Some of the guys will, you know, try to keep that, that vehicle as clean as possible and not use it uh, in any type of way so then they can, you know, possibly go to other shows or, or do something else with it later on down the road. But, you know, then you have some of these other guys that, that are building them and then they turn around and, you know, go home with them and they're out having fun and fully using it. Um, you know, they're getting dinged up, scratched and mud all over them and they're just, they're using them, you know, because they want to have fun with them. I mean, I remember taking one of our SEMA vehicles that I built for my wife out um, and we did a mag- magazine shoot out in the dirt and things got a little crazy and, you know, we went out and had mud, you know, fun in the mud and jumped it a couple times and you know we just we had fun with it i mean we weren't gonna baby it that's for sure that's awesome when i had a six inch lift on one of my duramaxes the biggest thing i ever heard was i'm compensating for something if i heard that one more time i was gonna snap and you know that's a big misconception i just want to ask you though if you were to build a duramax yourself and it was your personal vehicle how where would you go how high would you take it I mean, I've had plenty of Duramaxes, and you know, all my all my personal Duramaxes have been anywhere from a leveling kit to a four-inch kit. You know, my wife's uh, Suburban that we built out for Cognito's SEMA booth uh, that was sitting on a seven-inch kit with 35s, a little bit taller, wider wheel look. Um, you know, that's what she wanted. She wanted a taller truck. I used to have large trucks. Um, I had a truck all the way up on 49s back in the day, which was great, but I never drove the truck. So, I mean, I'm into driving my vehicles. I'm into hauling, you know, goosenecks and fifth wheels. So, you know, anything larger than a four-inch, you know, lift on 35s, I love them. I just, it's not, it doesn't fit my program for what I'm doing in life. You know, that's my only reserve on why I wouldn't go that direction. 
Yeah, my damn garage isn't tall enough is my problem. Well, find a contract. Right. Jesus. (laughs) Nick, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. You've answered so many questions for us and for our listeners about lifting their Duramax. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been great talking to you and discussing some of these IFS questions. If you have any other questions, feel free to let me know, and I'll be happy to jump on board with you guys again. How can we get a hold of you? How can we follow you guys? So we're definitely on social media. We've got uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube as well. Uh, you can find us under Cognito Motorsports on there. Um, or if you'd like to see our product, you can check out CognitoMotorsports.com. We'll have a full line of uh, all our product displayed. you got our phone number or our email address if you'd like to uh, get in contact directly with us and ask us any questions. We're more than happy to help you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nick. This has been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thanks for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTutor.com, developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of late model diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. You can also contact the hosts of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Paul Wilson can be reached at extension 2122. His email is paul at duramaxtuner.com. For Danny Voss, dial extension 2124. His email is danny at calibratedpower.com. Well, Paul, come on. You're going to be like talking, you're going to be 80 years old talking about, hey, back in the day. (laughs) You're going to be that guy, aren't you? Yes, yes. But why don't we get Nick from Cognito Motorsports on the phone? Perfect. One more time? All right. No old man voice.